Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And Aaron is up this week. What are you bringing to the table today? I have brought a book called The Will to Change, Men, Masculinity, and Love by Bell Hooks. Um, So I first read this back in... Uh, the beginning of 2012, so okay. it's been a while, um, but I remember it metaphorically shaking me uh, mm. quite a bit back then, um, and so I uh, wanted us to talk about it here, but so much of the text feels directly connected to like a lot of my experiences, right? Like it, it's real close to home yes. uh, in a lot of ways and what she writes about. So, um, you know, to give a little summary, she basically drags patriarchal masculinity through the mud for about 190 pages. Yep. Um, she talks about how men uh, who are actually who actually love are wanted um, and almost nowhere to be found. Um, love is actually a pretty central concept throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, she unpacks patriarchy as a concept, which I think we'll get into a bit because uh, yeah. I think it's it's helpful for us to all be on the page, same page as we discuss this. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll bring her definition up in a little bit. Um, she talks about what boyhood means um, and has meant um, and male sexuality, men at work, uh, feminist manhood, healing the male spirit, reclaiming male integrity, and then loving men. Um those are the sort of final um, essays. There's 11 of them, yeah. I believe. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. It's all it's all really great. Um, and she shares a lot of personal stuff. Um, she, she sets up a lot in terms of um, sort of theory mm-hmm. for what uh, feminist masculinity, masculinity could look like. She unpacks a lot of like the things that are happening and, you know, in patriarchy and different things like that. So, um, Here's a, I think this this quote from the book uh, sets the stage for our conversation a little bit. Okay. So it's from the end of the preface. Um, so she says, it is not true that men are unwilling to change. It is true that men are afraid of change. Uh, it is true that masses of men have not even begun to look at the ways that patriarchy keeps them from knowing themselves, from being in touch with their feelings, from loving. To know love, men must be able to let go the will to dominate. They must be able to choose life over death. They must be willing to change. Mm. So she sets us up from the beginning, right? That's the end of the preface. Um, And she wants us to get into this work and push ourselves, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, man, I I really love this book and I'm I'm so glad that we're talking about it today. And yeah, you're definitely right. She she really pushes us in this book. Uh, and, you know, I, I'll be honest, y'all, I'm, I think I'm still processing so much of it. Like there were definitely moments where I would read like a paragraph or two and just have to sit and think for a while um, because so much of it, as you talked about, really sort of um, is relevant to us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, it's obviously really incredibly relevant to me and to you and to us because it's all about men and masculinity and love and 
you know, I definitely don't want to speak for you, but I do know you. And uh, <laughs> I know you read this book, you know, way back when, when it first came out and you've read other stuff by Bell Hooks. And so I think I can say this with some confidence. You know, I think we both see so much truth and and value and and reality in her thoughts and her scholarship and, and beliefs around feminist thinking and practice really being the way that we can truly address uh, what she calls the crisis of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And, and I think she makes the very strong case that there is a crisis of masculinity in our society today, that men need love in every sense of that statement, that patriarchy plays a destructive role in the, the, the notion of, of men's lives and boys' lives and our ability to, to love and to be loved. Um, that men can can grow, or sorry, men cannot grow without um, support. Yep. Um, that men cannot love if they aren't taught how to love and given room and space to practice healthy love. And so, you know, like I said, I just think that there's so much truth in all of that and in what Bell talks about in this book, both sort of from an intellectual space and as a, a you know participant in our society. Uh, but also from the perspective of, of being a man. And so, you know, and, I, and I'm sure we're going to both share some personal stories and reactions to some of what she presents in the book. But, you know, I just think her book and and her take on this is so important. Yeah, so much of this book uh, and her work here, as you said, um, is this kind of critique of patriarchy. Yeah. Um, from a perspective of how it harms men and prevents us from being our full selves. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciate it. And I, 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 like, like you said, it's really relevant. Um, but as I said, she opens up with love, um, mm-hmm. and centers the book. She centers love throughout the book, um, as a, as a core concept, um, as a challenge and reaction to what patriarchy has wrought in us. Yeah. Right. Um, and all, yeah. So, um, and I, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, um, but her definition of love is a combination of care, commitment, knowledge, responsibility, respected trust. Yes. Um, and it's sort of a combination of all those things in different ways playing out in relationships. Um, and so I think that's, that's helpful for our conversation too. Um, because, um, I, I also, think i first read that definition in this book mm-hmm. um and i've carried it with me uh, for a while i've talked about it before on the podcast um but um yeah i think this definition of love is it speaks to me in a lot of ways um so I, i'm uh, i love that we're talking about it here mm-hmm. again today um but i think that uh you know this book really critiques a lot of the ways that we refuse to love boys and men mm. um and how we encourage men to reject loving themselves as well. So there's, there's just a lot, there's a lot in it to unpack. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, yeah, I got to that part of the book uh, with that definition of love being this combination of care, commitment, knowledge, responsibility, respect, and trust. And I just yelled, Aaron, (laughs) because I remember you talked about it in that episode. I heard this before. (laughs) I've heard this before. Uh, And yeah, we could probably do a whole episode just talking about that definition of love, because I think there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. Right. And I started to think a little bit about, uh, sort of all the relationships and space uh, relationships that I'm in and like this idea of love and how that definition can really sort of guide sort of a critical reflection on what, you know, how I'm, how I'm doing in terms of love. Right. Uh, if you will, but it's like a little assessment, a little assessment. Right. (laughs) 
Um, so maybe maybe we'll do that. Uh, but you know, you started off by talking about this being a real critique of patriarchy, and I think we could talk a lot about that too, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the many many things that I appreciated about this book is that you know Bell defines the role that patriarchy plays in all of this and in our society, like right out the gate, sort of in those very first couple of chapters. And, you know, she really, I think, sets the context for everything that she's going to talk about. And so, you know, I wanted to definitely make space for us to sort of name the the power of patriarchy when talking about men and masculinity and love here on our show. And, um, you know, she says, and I'm going to both quote and quote her and paraphrase her a bit here. Like she says that patriarchy is the single most life-threatening social disease assaulting the male body and spirit in our nation. Mm. And that patriarchy is a political social system that insists that males are inherently dominating, superior to everything and everyone deemed weak, and endowed with the right to dominate and rule over the weak to maintain that dominance through various forms of psychological terrors and violence. And she goes on to say that patriarchal conventions and systems and beliefs teach a form of emotional stoicism to men that says that they are more manly if they don't feel. Yep. And if they should feel some feelings and those feelings hurt, then the manly response is to stuff those feelings down, right? To, like, to forget about them, uh, to sort of move on from them and, and to sort of hope that they go away. Or get really angry about or get them, right? Like really that's angry. The, the, the valid reaction. Absolutely. That she talks about yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but she reminds us that the reality is that men do hurt and are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and our society often responds with like, a, oh, gosh, please, please don't tell us what you feel like and, and, and figure it out. Right. Or as you said, sort of have 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 the appropriate response to it. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to sort of name all of that for context sake. And, you know, I definitely wanted to share her definition of patriarchy and what it means uh, for men and for love in this in this concept. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to co-sign it because uh, mm. I think it's spot on, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm, I'm curious to hear more about your sort of thoughts and reactions to all of this for sure. But, you know, I think there are just so many examples of this in our society. And I think we could probably both, again, share like personal examples from our own lived experiences, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think the definition is spot on. Um, I think that if you haven't read a lot of feminist literature before now, um, I think that that uh, definition could feel heavy uh, and maybe like it's it's too much, Yeah. right? Um, but I think uh, as she goes through the book, she unveils the different ways that um, that, that patriarchy definition is... Um, super accurate right um and um you know the the different ways that that those things that she names happen subtly and not so subtly Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that recognizing that we all participate in uh this uh patriarchal hierarchy is important yes um because we learn and internalize all this stuff you know in everything around us, media, we learn it from family members, mm-hmm. um, government um, reinforces it in different ways, yeah. schools, religion, so much. Um, and it's and, not just and from early on, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also not just men who are passing this along to other men, right? She spends a lot of the book talking about how women buy into patriarchy um in a variety of ways and then reinforce those expectations Mm -hmm. um in different in different ways um and so it's you know 
for me, it's not to talk about like who are we bl- who are we blaming, but right. like who's yep. all involved in the thing that we're gonna try to like address and yep. end. Um, so yeah, I think um, right. So she names uh, uh, in a couple different places. I think how she asked her own partner. Um, who she was living with at one point in her, in her life, who was a man um, to share his pain and, and where it mm-hmm. hurt. Right. Um, yep. And then she found out she couldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, um, you know, uh, deflected or I, she names a couple different ways that she like sort of s- steered them back away from that conversation um, in the book. But I, you know, I think even her, who's a feminist thinker, a well-respected, like she names it, it was difficult for her to do and she right. couldn't do it. Um, and I think, you know, that's, it's just, it names more of like the system that she's talking about is in all of us. Yeah. Um, right. So I, I think that that um, is super important to think about because, you know, I think those moments happen all around us where we try to squeeze somebody else's humanity into a neat tidy box of mm-hmm. what we think what we expect of them yes um for their um gender um role but you know it happens in in other forms of oppression too right like around um race or sexuality mm-hmm. or um class like all yeah it happens all over but you know today we're talking mostly about patriarchy right um but yeah i think we, we try to squish people into these little boxes and we limit their humanity. Um, and uh, it limits our own as well. When right. We participate yeah. in that. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's everywhere in our relationships and how we just kind of interact with one another. And it's, it's another one of those invisible kind of forces there. It's expectations of, of what we, um, the unwritten rules of how we expect each other to, to behave uh, based on our, our gender identities. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, and then I think, and so there's an, another piece that stuck out to me that's related to this um, is about, she talks about work in one of the essays. Yeah. Um, and she writes that uh, work stands in the way of love for most men because of the long hours that, um, men work often drains their energies so there's little or no time left for emotional labor for the work for the for doing the work of love yeah um and i think that section shook me up a lot um because um i'm doing a lot of work at the moment or it feels like a lot yeah um so i'm thinking about how much i have invested in this project kind of constantly that i'm working on and trying to make sure it's successful and, and carried across the line and all this stuff um and um, like how much that's like draining from me in yes. other ways, in other facets of my life and how much my family has to pick up the pieces of, of whatever I can't do. Right. Like um, so different ways that I'm I am and not contributing to different things because of the stress I have from this um, this thing at work. Um, so I think that's another important conversation for men to unpack. And not just men. Right. Um, yeah. Anybody who's participating in work. But. You know, for men, how much are we allowing work to get in the way of our ability to love and do this emotional work? Um, because um, we're too tired to 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 do more stuff, yeah. right? Like when we get home, so yeah. absolutely, yeah. And sort of, um, what does that mean, and what does that look like to unpack it, right, and to talk about it, right, right. and the power of sort of that healing work. And we've talked about healing before too, right? That, and I think Bell names that, you know more often than not, men just don't do that. Right. Um, yeah. And 
I think we both <laughs> can recognize as Bill does too, that that's a, that's a problem. So mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate that and sort of that sort of personal reaction and, and, um, anecdote there, you know, you mentioned this idea of patriarchy being ingrained in us a bit ago. Yep. And, and that really stuck out to me when I, when I read this book, you know, the idea that, you know, uh, or this idea that how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to feel is something that I've definitely experienced, you know, in my personal life. And I think Bell talks about this throughout the book, uh, but also quite a bit in her chapter. I think it's called being a boy. You know, when, when I was a kid, I sort of looked around at the world and, and at my world and my family and, and what was out there on TV and movies. And I, you know, I've always sort of been a pretty intuitive person, even as a kid. So it was clear to me what was acceptable in terms of actions and feelings for men and for boys. Uh, and so, you know, I had some real dissonance there because I was an emotional kid. And then, and, you know, we've talked about this before on the show. We talked about intersectionality um, in a few of our previous episodes. You layer on top of that being a black kid and and man uh, and the messages that we're told about what it means to be a black man and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in terms of expressing yourself and your feelings and even talking about your your feelings. Uh, you know, again, just a lot of dissonance there for, for me. And so it took some time and, and energy and working through that dissonance for me to really grow into the man that I am and, and to love the person that I am. Um, and I think that's sort of what, what Bell talks about a lot in this book. Um, and, and so much of that has to do with being affirmed along the way, right? Like, and that happened in some of the spaces I found myself living in and working in, you know, in the, in the relationships, um, that I've had and had and have, you know, especially some of my closest relationships, like I'm looking right at you across the table here. Hello. Uh, <laughs> and some of my romantic relationships, right? Um, in in spaces where I've been able to talk about and, and process things um, and have felt safe to do so, right? Because again, that is important and part of this. Um, so all of that to say, I just really appreciated the work Bell does to name, and you talked about this a little bit too, like the humanity of men in the context of masculinity and love and really sort of address the problems of patriarchy. Um, that all just was really great and and really hit home for me. Yeah, and I think she, she does that and she names the humanity of men while also asking more of us, yes. right? Like it's a, yes. it's a like... It's it's both like you you all have this humanity in a um I, I didn't I didn't pull this uh, quote up for my notes but um in, in an anti patriarchal society um she says men would have value just for existing yes and not feeling they need to like provide or, or do those other things that we associate with um sort of masculinity and manliness right um yes and so I think that that's that's a piece of that too that that feels connected to sort of um, what you're sharing. There Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think that, so that also connects for me to something she writes toward the end of the book, okay. sort of this, like, um, both this idea of that she's naming our humanity and then also asking more from us and mm-hmm. more from like all of us. Um, so she says critical analysis is useful when it promotes growth, but it is never enough. Um, the work of affirmation is what brings us together. Um, right. So she's, proposing, I think as you kind of were too, yeah. um, 
that we all need to find ways to affirm each other's humanity in different yes. ways rather than finding uh, rather than sort of doing the patriarchal domination thing um, and burying the pieces of ourselves that don't fit into these patriarchal boxes, yes. uh, expectations. Um, I think for me, you know, another piece of this is looking back. Um, I think it felt, I don't, I don't even know if that's the right word. Right. But I, I think I covertly bought into a lot of this as a kid. Mm. Um, like, and I think that you don't know that you're doing that um, at the time. Um, but, uh, I, I think I did like looking back, it felt right at the time to try to control how much I was excited about, you know, seeing a family member or, mm. or going to see a friend or something like that. And like trying to like not be a little more cool or stoic yeah. about things. Um, and so I think, um, I think about that and like how, how that's impacted me and like sort of my own life and how I react to stuff now and um, what emotions I do or don't display mm -hmm. sort of um, internally, but also what I like show externally. Yes. Right. Cause that those are different. Um, yeah. So uh, that kind of thing and reflecting back on that, I think this book was the first time I read it. And again, now um, was thinking about like, you know, I feel like, that process of sort of in this one example, tuning down or toning down mm -hmm. my excitement for something, right? Like an event or whatever it was, um, like has that created a sort of numbness in me that I feel in other spaces. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, so yeah, um, that feels really connected to me in this, in reading this again, um, and trying to like, you know, what's the process of trying to rediscover some of that stuff that I like squashed in myself. Yeah. Um, cause I think that that's, you know, long-term work, hard work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it sounds like you have a desire for it too. Right. So it, but it's, so it's, it's work that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, I, and we'll talk about this in a, in a little bit. I think there aren't a lot of, um, uh, obviously obvious, obvious roadmaps yes. for how to do that either. Right. Yeah. So there, there's, um, yeah, uh, it's a fun dance that we do. <laughs> um, but so that part and, and my own kind of experience and reflection on that also reminds me about this quotation from the book she has about violence. Okay. Um, cause she has that essay about violence yep. as well. Um, and stopping male violence. So she says the first act of violence that patriarchy demands of males is not violence toward women. Instead, patriarchy demands of all males that they engage in acts of psychic self-mutilation, that they kill off the emotional parts of themselves. If an individual is not successful in emotionally crippling himself, he can count on patriarchal men to enact rituals of power that will assault his self-esteem. Hmm. Um, and... I think it feels kind of daunting to hear that at first. Yeah. Like, Cause it, it almost feels like the sort of her definition of patriarchy where it's like, it's big. Yeah. It's big. Um, and it's, you know, there's violent in it, violence in it and it, it feels very visceral. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think like you, I, I have sat with it for a little bit and been like, well, it feels less daunting and more like naming a problem that we have, mm -hmm. um, which means we can start to address it because we've named it. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was another piece of that, that 
connected to sort of my experience of like what how was I sort of squishing excitement or joy in myself to also this sort of self-mutilation that patriarchy asks of men to per, it's like commit as their first kind of act of violence. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. You talk about it being daunting and I think it is. Um, but I also think about sort of how it's daunting or what you can do with that feeling of, yeah. of, of it being daunting. Right. And how you sort of turn it internally. Right. So mm-hmm. how can I think about this and this, this sort of um, rhetoric around uh, violence here and what are the ways in which I'm doing that to myself versus like we're thinking about patriarchy at the grand scale, right at the societal level, right? right. Like that, that to me feels hella daunting. Um, but if there's ways in which I can address it for myself, right. And I can do some of that self work and healing, um, and sort of self analysis or what did she say? Critical analysis. Yep. Um, I, I, it, there's a step there, a step sort of in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, when we're talking about a work like this, like this book, you know, I always sort of dig it when two things happen. So when there's a problem or an issue and it's been identified and then possible solutions are provided, right? And you talked about, yep. you said the word roadmap and that made me think of this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's incredibly helpful in trying to bring about real change and give people this roadmap. Um, and I think we see that in a few places in the book, but for me, most clearly in the chapter called Feminist Manhood. Yeah. Um, in that chapter, Bell talks about how patriarchy is the issue and problem as it relates to men and masculinity and love. Uh, and since it's one of the later chapters in the book, you know, she's already shown us over and over again how and why that's the case, right? But in, in this chapter specifically, she talks, she says something to the effect of how ending patriarchy is necessary for men to have collective liberation and to help resolve the masculinity crisis. So, so there's the problem and the goal, right? Ending patriarchy. How do we do it? She suggests that we replace patriarchal masculinity and the dominator model uh, and way of thinking that's so closely tied to it with a partnership model and with a feminist masculinity mindset. The idea is that a partnership model, and I'm quoting here, is one that sees interbeing and interdependency as the organic relationship of all living beings. And she goes on to remind us that, and I'm quoting again, patriarchal masculinity teaches men to be pathologically narcissistic, infantile, and psychologically dependent for self-definition on the privileges, however relative, that they receive from having been born male. Which, you know, I mean, I think we can all clearly see and understand that concept and how it plays in our society, right? Um But with this partnership model, she says that male identity, like its female counterpart, would be centered around the notion of an essential goodness that is inherently relational oriented. Rather than assuming males are born with the will to aggress, the culture would assume that males are born with the inherent will to connect. And I I appreciate then the connection to to feminist masculinity. and, you know, I'll be honest, it's a concept that I didn't know the name for uh, and understand a whole lot about until I read this book. Um, and, you know, you mentioned it came out quite some time ago, but this was my first sort of pass at it. Mm. Um, Bell says that um, feminist masculinity presupposes that it is enough for men to simply be to have value. And you mentioned this a little earlier, yeah. that they don't have to, you know, do or perform uh, to be affirmed and loved. And, and I think she brings in another feminist masculinity scholars work to, to bring the point home. 
you know, they talked about how the chief concerns of feminist masculinity are integrity, self-love, emotional awareness, assertiveness, and relational skill, including the capacity to be empathetic, autonomous, and connected. You know, and Aaron, I, you know, the this chapter is one that I really had to sit with for a good long while. You know, I know that this isn't necessarily new thinking since, as I said, the book came out quite some time ago, but reading about the idea of this partnership model and, and feminist masculinity was powerful for me. And it's something that I think has real value and capacity to make a real difference in how we raise boys and men up in this society. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm all about this notion and the power of real, genuine, meaningful connection with people. You know, and I think part of that is sort of my worldview um, or, or like way of thinking, um, you know, I think, yeah, my worldview and way of thinking when it comes to love. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that's partly just the way I'm wired, right. I've shared on the show before that I'm, I'm an empathetic person. Uh, I wear my heart on my sleeve. You know, I tell the folks who I love that I love them. Right. That's just always been something that I've done and it's been super important to me. Um, but I also think that's based on the fact that I've experienced great loss in my life, right? Like, yeah. and it's had a tremendous impact on me. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've lost a, a good number of family members, you know, sort of probably the most important one is my mom. And, you know, I, you know, I'll be honest, that was sort of, that was a truly devastating loss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in a way that I think really broke my soul. Uh, and, um, so I have, and I, and I, and I don't think I've, rec- I don't think I've recovered from it. Right. And I think it's, it's sort of fundamentally changed who I am. Like you, you, you didn't know me before, uh, when my mom passed away, but I, I, I feel, and I think I am a different person as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like it really, one of the things that sort of, I'm always grounded by is this idea that life is short, right. And anything can happen in any moment. And so that's sort of why, you know, I have that sort of what I said, worldview and, and sort of, of way of thinking, um, when it comes to love. And so, you know, this idea of being connected to one another, being in relationship with one another, all of these tenets of, of feminist masculinity around how we take care of ourselves and engage with others just makes sense to me, right? It's, it's how I choose to live. And I, I see real power in the idea that Bell suggests here for a paradigm shift in how we treat and interact with men and boys, uh, making a real difference. Yeah, I think all of that is is um, so true and feels so um, real for me. So, yeah, thank you um, for bringing that all here. Um, I think, you know, the this book is a whole, like... <laughs> philosophy um, yeah. on how we can redefine what manhood really is mm-hmm. um, and not let it be defined by what it isn't, um, which I think is is one way that we currently define manhood yeah. um, and, and or by domination, which is another way that we define that. Um, and I think that that is um, really intriguing to find new ways to define, define it. Yeah. Um, and I think that she, uh, as you, as you Nate, as you pulled all you know, a bunch of quotes out. Um, she, she does that. Like she lays out a bunch of different ways that we can think about it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, it's 
it's crucial, it's important. Um, I also think that it feels super personal. Yeah. Um, and individual. Um, and I know that that's sometimes one of the critiques that I have for things is like, um, you know, we're talking about like in uh, like diversity trainings and stuff. Sometimes we focus a lot on the interpersonal mm-hmm. um, and what happens between people and not so much on the systemic kind of yes. violence that also happens. Um, so I, 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 f- I feel that here, but I also feel that this is collectively healing, right? Yeah. Um, because if we can org- organize around something like compassion, mm, yes. um, which is another piece of that feminist masculinity that she talks about, um, and have that be the center of our communities and families and our relationships with ourselves and with you know the people in our lives, um, then we're going to be able to let go of most of, if not all of that kind of model of domination mm-hmm. um, that she names as the definition of patriarchy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she points to some men who um, come to mind throughout the chapter, um, come to her mind throughout that chapter, um, who lead with compassion in different ways. And the two who I remember are the Dalai Lama uh, and uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, yes. um, who are both uh, brilliant in their own way and, and Buddhist um, thinkers um, for lack of a better term, Um, both (laughs) remarkable, um, remarkable men. Um, But she also points out throughout the book, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, and and you also mentioned it just now, um, we don't have a lot of writing or work for men on how to unpack all that stuff uh, that patriarchy expects of us. So, um, you know, we don't have a lot of role, male role models for what feminist masculinity, masculinity looks like. I think there are a lot more uh, than there were when she published this in 2004, but we still, you know, we still got work to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, you know, you sort of in that named this idea of humanity for me and also this idea of, you know, some of it is just, um, I don't want to say trial by error, right? But it is, it is about sort of the relationships that we have with one another and right. Like I can, I, you know, we have developed this friendship, right? Mm-hmm. And it is, we, any relationship takes work, friendship takes work, right? Yeah. And it has taken me time to say, or to free, to realize that you are showing me ways in which you have, what was the definition of love? Okay, you know? Commitment, knowledge, responsibility, respect, and trust. I can't believe he just named that y'all like that. <laughs> uh, very good, right? Like that you have demonstrated those things to me over time, over a sustained amount of time yeah. for me to be able to say, okay, I trust you, right? Mm-hmm. And so in this space, I, I can be vulnerable with you right after we, you know, shoot the shit and do something fun, right? Like I can, I can find that time, right? And over time, that sort of, you know, I think establishes this idea that you see my humanity, right? And I see you as yours. Um, and I hope I've done the same for you. Uh, yeah, you've done it absolutely. for me. Um, you know, uh, I, when I think about this book, you know, I'm a stickler for sort of a good ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm just amazed by great writers and artists. And, you know, this book is however many pages you said, um, and just has so many incredible thoughts and suggestions for healing and liberation in it. And so, you know, when I was, as I was reading it and coming to the end of it, I was like, how are you going to end it, Belle? You know, how are you going to bring this all home? And one of the final points that she makes is about the importance and power of us having a culture of healing in our society. And so what she says is, and I'm quoting as I do, uh, a culture of healing that empowers males to change is in the making. 
Healing does not take place in isolation. Men who love and men who long to love know this. We need to stand by them with open arms and open hearts. We need to stand ready to hold them, offering a love that can shelter their wounded spirits as they seek to find their way home as they exercise the will to change. And I I think that connects to so much of what we've talked about today and even in our previous episodes. And it's just really powerful in terms of being a hopeful reminder for us moving forward um, and for us to move forward. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm so glad you brought this up. It's not lost on me that, you know, so much of what uh, Bell talks about in this book is how men and masculinity and patriarchy play a significant role in the world and in the lives of women and children and others. And so much of that was highlighting the real danger and damage and trauma that occurred as a result of, of, of that patriarchy. That, that's just so real. And it's one of the things that makes this book really great. And it's going to be one that I recommend that everyone listening reads, especially uh, the men and male identified folks listening. Um, so I, you know, I just appreciated Bell for naming all of that and also encouraging us to think about how we shift our culture and way of thinking to sort of promote healing and love. Because I agree with her that there's just real profound power in that. Absolutely. There's a ton of power in that. I think, um, you know, talking about a culture of here of healing is um, I think that's one of the important revelations in this book. Yes. Uh, is that uh, this need is naming the need that we all have to heal from patriarchy. Um, you know, we've all been um, harmed by it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And patriarchy has um, specific targets. Right. Um, and the, the people. We're, we're all harmed in different ways, yes. um, but there is harm. Um, uh, and so I think, you know, that culture of healing is about turning away from it and finding new ways to exist together that embrace, you know, things like affirmation and partnership and compassion yes. and love. Um, yeah. And so I think that leads us to application um, of how this book applies in our lives. Okay. I think she names a whole bunch of things throughout this book that are applicable. Yes. I think, you know, all of the things that we talked about are um, really applicable. Um, I think the way she critically looks at everything, but still finds value in mm. those things that she looks at critically, I think is important. Yes. Um, or she names, she, she quotes a lot of people throughout the book. Yeah. Um, and um, for several of them, she names some flaws that she has with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, so she'll say like, this person doesn't, um, name patriarchy in their work, but the things that they're talking about are related to this idea of challenging patriarchy and finding feminist masculinity. Yes. Um, so she'll do that throughout, which I appreciate. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that's really great. I think the other piece of that I thought about was, um, you know, she names um, in the chapter about violence, she names some movies that had come out in the late yes. late 90s, early 2000s, just before the book was published in, uh, I believe, 2004. Yeah, she names these movies um, and sort of in an offhanded way of how they reinforce this idea of male domination and violence. Mm -hmm. um, and just in one sentence just says, these were all part of an anti-feminist patriarchal backlash. Yes. And then moves on to the next topic. Just moves right on. Yes. Um, and so one of the things that I really appreciate about appreciate about her work is, um, you know, I haven't read a ton 
of it, but there's so much of her work that she has. Um, but how much critical thinking about just the stuff around us mm -hmm. is present in her work. Um, you know, so being able to just name movies like, um, uh, saving private Ryan right. and mm -hmm. black Hawk down. And these other things is like, yep, these were super violent, uh, anti-feminist backlash movies. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, all right. Next, next subject. Next, yeah. Whoa. All right. Yeah. I see you. Great. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think this idea of taking a critical look at everything in mm -hmm. our lives, uh, is something that I'll take with me too. And it's something that is very good application work. Um, you know, we've acknowledged that this book came out some time ago and, and patriarchy and the concept of patriarchy is also not new, right? Like racism and like all the isms out there, you know, patriarchy has been around since the dawn of time. And I think, as I've said before, I really admire how she talks about patriarchy in this book and the impact it's had on all of our lives. Um, and I, appreciate her vulnerability as well, right? Like she shares, and you mentioned one of the stories, you know, she shares so much about her life and her parents and her family and her upbringing in this book to help give us context for how to think about patriarchy, how patriarchy has had an impact on her and her family and her relationships and, and, and her life. And I think that's powerful. You know, I think it's really powerful when we share our stories with one another. Um, and so that's one piece of application work, I think. Um, the idea of talking about the impact of patriarchy in our lives with folks. I think the other piece of application work is how this is part of the work we're doing, right? Like folks out here demanding justice and change, working to eradicate racism and injustice and, and all of the isms again. you know. I, and I think Bell reminds us here that we have to keep patriarchy in mind as we do this, right? Like how it intersects with who we are as people uh, and all of the work we're doing uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the other things that just came to me as you were, you were talking about uh, how long these different systems, systems of oppression have been with us mm -hmm. um, is I think it's important to name too, that like um, there are cultures that aren't organized around patriarchy mm -hmm. right and so there are other models um out there um and it's interesting to think about how those are devalued or seen as sort of um uh, less refined or developed um models of yeah um a culture society um so it's another piece uh of this um but yeah i think uh you know back to back to the point, um, we have to look at our own lives and how we've been impacted and continue to be impacted yes. by patriarchy, how we continue to participate and perpetuate patriarchy. Um, you know, and I think I also want to point out and you quoted this, um, but she used the term collective liberation in this book. Yeah. Um, that's a term that I believe she coined as well. Um, so we have her to thank for for being able to use that term here on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Bell. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, all right. So we shift shifting gears a little bit to homework. Okay. Um, so I think my homework is to reread some pieces of this again in more depth and take some time to reflect on it. What it, what it means to me a little bit um, in a little bit more detail. Okay. Um, I, you know, I did some of that um, for the podcast, but um, we're also 
on a time crunch a little uh, bit usually when yeah. we're recording and so uh some of the some of the things i was like oh i should spend some time on that i knew i didn't have the time to spend at the moment so yes. i i want to go back and, and spend a little bit of time um on some different pieces of the of the book yeah, yeah. i i'm with you i want to read it again um and you know i read it over the span of of a week to sort of prepare for this and you know like i said there were moments where I would read a paragraph and just have to stop, right? And I texted you a couple of times like, yeah. oh my goodness, uh, this is a lot. Um, so I would love to do that. I, I think I also want to read more about feminist masculinity. Um, you know, I think I, I really just learned a lot about it as a concept in this book and, and appreciated the way that she talked about it and framed it. Um, and it just really resonated with me. And so I, I want to learn more. Um, you know, she also referenced her book, Feminism is for Everybody. Uh, in that chapter I was talking about earlier. And so that's definitely something I want to check out um, as a, as additional homework and, you know, let's keep it going. I, you know, she also quoted um, someone named Robert Levent, uh, who's a psychologist in that chapter on feminist masculinity. And so I want to read some more of what he's put out there as well. Um, Cause I, some of that stuff that he said, um, I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's more out there too, but so I'm, I'm with you. Let's read this again. Let's keep talking about it. Um, for sure. Yeah. A Feminism is for everybody is another great book by her. Um, you know, in general, I think we should all read more bell hooks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, you know, our conversation here today could have spanned three episodes. Yes. Uh, maybe more because hey. there's so many things that we didn't, um, that I feel like we, we didn't get a chance to really, talk about yeah um so we might revisit much. this folks so, yeah we, we could, actually we maybe we, we should this. yeah yeah okay um yeah so you know we'll talk about that more um okay later but um so that's it for our conversation on the will to change by the bell hooks um and damien you're up next week um, so what are you bringing to the table for us? I am up next week. You know, I'm going to be bringing a piece from the Washington Post called Reimagine Safety that actually just came out earlier this month. It um, was actually written and compiled by the Post's editorial board, and it's broken up into seven sections. And I will be upfront and honest, I have not read through it all yet, um, but it definitely looks really fascinating and 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 has some good information in it. Uh, so I, I think we should be able to have a, a great conversation about it. Um, the sections in it are all on various issues related to things like the usefulness of law enforcement, the troubling issues associated with police unions and, and conversations in general around police reform and the call for reimagining safety to feature community-based programs and, and more investments, um, financial investments and sort of social investments in our communities. Um, and, you know, I'm certain we'll probably bring in another article or two to supplement our conversation, but this yep. one can definitely serve as sort of the the main article uh, on the table. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I think um, imagining, reimagining what public safety is and what it means and what it could be is a huge conversation for us all at this moment yes. as we continue to grapple with um, police brutality and other forms of violence that that pops up. Um, from these systems of oppression that we we are talking about every week. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us and listening to Interdependent Study. Uh, and you know what we're going to ask you to do here, but in case you forgot, please 
subscribe, leave a rating and review, share our podcast, and of course, follow us on social media. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Interdependent Study. Uh, And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next week.